Hi Vandana ma'am. This is Nadia from zenonco.io and we at zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer guide cancer patients on adopting an integrative oncological treatment approach. We help them find the balance between medical treatment and complementary treatment approaches. We help patients with our team of oncologists, lab experts, nutritionists, and other healthcare professionals so that we can improve the treatment outcome for the patient and it is at its best. And today, with the Breast Cancer Month coming forward in October, we have Vandana Ma'am, Vandana Mahajan, who is a cancer warrior and a cancer coach to talk to us about breast cancer. She works with an NGO called Cope with Cancer and has been working out of Tata Memorial Hospital for the last five years. She is a palliative care counselor and she has done various sessions with various cancer patients and I can't wait to listen to her. Ma'am, we welcome you to this podium. Please take it over from here, ma'am. It is yours. Uh, thank you, Nadia, for having me here. I am. I think uh, each time I'm able to reach out to cancer patients, I consider it my good fortune. And I'm blessed that I can, uh, I have this platform to reach out to a lot of people who've been through cancer or struggling with cancer. And... Uh, like you said, I am, I've been working out of Tata Memorial Cancer Hospital where I have been conducting sessions with breast cancer patients. I do interactive sessions, especially with breast cancer patients, post-op interactive sessions, which involve a lot of things from starting from post-op care to um, talking to them about BSE, breast self-examination, uh, how their upkeep should be, the chances of recurrence, how their lifestyle should be. So I could actually call myself a pro at you know talking to post-op breast cancer patients. Thank you for having me here once again. Before we start, I just wanted to talk a little about the NGO that I'm associated with. Um, no, before that, I want to compliment Zenonco for doing such awesome work. Um, I think each member of Zen Zenonco strives so hard to reach out to cancer patients. And that's the need of the hour. Cancer patients need support. They need uninterrupted, uninhibited uh, support from all across the society. Thank you for doing that. Thank you very much for doing that. And uh, the NGO that welcome, I'm associated with is also doing a lot of work towards cancer patients. We... <laughs> So, uh, like I said, the NGO that I'm associated with is also doing a lot of work uh, with cancer patients and for cancer patients. We are majorly working out of Tata Memorial Cancer Hospitals. And um, one of our USPs is that we are funding economically challenged patients uh, for their treatment. This is uh, within Tata and also outside of Tata, we are where we are funding these economically challenged patients at BMC-run hospitals and charitable hospitals. We are able to get them nearly about 30% reduction in the cost of treatment. So this is uh, one area that I wanted to uh, you know, uh, talk about because through you, we can reach out collectively together. We can reach out to more patients. And in, in addition to that, we do a lot of other activities also. You could uh, you know, read about Cope with Cancer uh, uh, you could find it on the web. Thank you so much. Wow. Yes, Nadia, over to you. Wow, that is great. Great. That is the intention. Reach out to as many as cancer patients as we can. That is the intention. Beautiful. Right, ma'am. So can we move into the question-answer session? Sure. Definitely, definitely. 
coming my first question to you uh, with regards to breast cancer how can we keep a healthy diet with related with relation to diet how as a breast cancer patient while going through treatment how must one take care of their diet um this is a very very uh, relevant question in terms of it being related to the treatment during treatment uh, because the patient is undergoing chemotherapy the patient is immunosuppressed since the patient is immunosuppressed the chances of the patient picking up infection is far more than you and i so the patient has to be very careful about what the patient eats no raw food should ever be taken whatever the patient takes has to be cooked um also very very important is to understand the signals given out by your body there is no fixed diet that we can prescribe to a patient while undergoing chemo it varies from patient to patient listen to the signals of your body try and uh, take in foods that give you strength try and take in foods which are protein rich and also uh, during treatment try and keep yourself um, you know away from infections because if you eat anything raw the chances of infection is far more so um, diet has to be uh, as per your body requirements and also a healthy diet is very important because a patient going through chemo uh, suffers a lot suffers a lot the body takes a huge hit so the desire to eat is very less so at that moment the caregivers play a very very important role and chemo counseling for the patient is extremely important because at that time the chemo counselor can guide the patient about the kind of food the patient can eat right right so according to what you're saying that one hasn't ha- doesn't have a fixed diet try not to eat raw foods and keep oneself sure uh, you know a lot of patients love having uh, say like salads raw salads and are an absolute no no during chemotherapy absolute no no so if you want to have tomatoes make tomato chutney put it as tadka in your dal make tomato soup uh, if you can do fresh juice at home which is very good otherwise getting juice from outside is not advisable at all in fact we do not even um, advocate coconut water only if you can get the entire coconut and you can sip it out of the coconut shell do we consider it safe um, and or, and in relation to what you eat everything you know uh, the the vegetables should be properly cooked no, nothing should be had raw for example carrots and a lot of people like to have raw carrots don't have raw carrots cook it beetroot beetroot don't have it as salad make beetroot ka sabzi so you know that is the way the diet has to be planned and these precautions are an essential must during chemotherapy there are no two ways about it you can't escape it so you have to adhere to these restrictions yeah yes ma'am any specifics uh, when it comes to the diet uh see um Uh, not specific to chemotherapy but for any cancer patient uh, post the treatment also it is very important that the patient doesn't gain weight obesity is a fuel for cancer cells so we say eat everything but in moderation and also uh, something like red meat 
we advise the patients not to take uh, indulge into eating red meat if a patient is particularly from that background where non veg is had very often so stick to say chicken lean meat stick to having eggs fish red meat in once in 6 months so that is what we strongly advocate that red meat um, is all fat fat is going to result uh, you know it takes 5 years to get into remission so that uh, for that period one's got to be very very careful to keep your weight under check wow perfectly said ma'am perfectly said weight and obesity need to be taken absolutely. care of absolutely it's a absolute bane for a cancer patient right over to my next question ma'am uh, restoring confidence how do we take a person who has gone through mastectomy a procedure that serious and bring back their con- confidence as back to normal or at least strive towards that yeah um see for a woman when a woman grows up uh, rest you know add to her personality losing uh, a breast is can be very very traumatic to a woman so at that point it is very important that she goes through counseling counseling as in to make her realize that her sexuality is not defined by by having breasts a loss of breast in uh, no way you know kind of uh, brings down her woman appeal uh, it is uh, if a breast has been lost it is because there was cancer in it and uh, she can still be as beautiful as she was with both the breast there are so many ways to have that perfect image in front of the society one of them is the use of a prosthesis so when a woman steps out of the house a woman who's been through mastectomy she can wear a, a silicone prosthesis or a cotton prosthesis no one outside can ever know that she's lost a breast so uh, these are a couple of options to make her feel complete and also i in my opinion i am a counselor as well counseling for a woman who's gone through mastectomy is extremely important to make her feel that uh, in no way she's less of a woman because she's lost her breast we couldn't stress on that anymore uh, this uh, yeah uh, so uh, especially for young women who have been advised mastectomy it is a huge setback so for them uh, there are two options available for young women the doctor the oncologist or onco surgeon gives them the option of a breast recreation uh, like a plastic surgery is done a lot of young women opt for that because having two breasts gives them the feeling of being a whole so that is one option that's available the second is there are some women who turn, you know take it in their stride and because some of them can't afford the cost of treatment or plastic surgery so they have no option but to live with, without the breast so at that important at that moment the caregivers the friends and families have play a very very important role in morale boosting to tell her that she is in no way less than the woman who has both her breasts so collectively um, the confidence can be restored and also it is important for the doctor the consultant to tell the woman why the breast has been removed it is for her safety it is to keep the disease at bay which is so important uh, there are a lot of women who emphasize that they don't want to get a breast removed 
So at that point, the counselor and consultant tell the woman that what happens if she doesn't get the breast removed. So uh, there is a choice between um, losing a breast or letting the cancer spread. Um, in my experience, what I have seen is 99% women would like to live without a breast than to live with a breast and have the chances of the disease coming back sooner. Right, ma'am. Right. We have to understand that sometimes we all, we need that kind of reminding. It's a teamwork where the doctor tells you, the caregivers tells you, your family that plays a major role in the patient's life need to support. It's a team effort of holding the patient together, right? Absolutely. And most importantly for married women in our society, uh, I encounter a lot of women who come from rural backgrounds. And for them, you know, it is uh, not having a breast reduces their appeal in front of their husbands. So at that moment, the husband needs to be counseled more than the patient. That, you know, uh, just because your wife loses uh, a breast doesn't make her less attractive to you. So like you said so beautifully that it is a collective effort of the counselor, of the family, of the oncologist, of the friends of the, and the relatives to make her feel whole. Wow, that is so such a beautiful message spread out there, ma'am. Beautiful it is. It is really beautiful. We all need everybody to hear this. Yes. Um, moving over to my fourth question, ma'am. Coming to exercise. After the treatment, how must one take care of their fitness after the treatment and during the treatment as well? This is a very, very relevant question, Nadia. Uh, what happens in, uh, in most of the patients who undergo a surgery, they are taught very few exercises. Uh, see, it's natural. Uh, so when, a lymph, when a breast is removed and the lymph nodes are removed, the patient, because of the pain, refuses to move the arm. So I'm going to demonstrate it. What the patient does is holds the arm like that because it hurts. There are stitches underneath the arm or maybe in the armpits. So during the surgery, the uh, once the surgery is over, out of the fear of the pain, the patient starts holding the arm like this. Ma'am, could you uh, pull, the, pull the laptop down a little? We are unable to see. Yeah. Yeah. One yes. Is this better? Yes, better. So the patient starts holding the arm that way. Okay. You know, suppose the surgery has been done on the right side and it's in the armpit or over the, and the lymph nodes have been re removed. Because of the fear of the pain, the patient holds the arm like that. Right. And the patient doesn't want to move the arm. So what that does is uh, that causes a stiffness of this area, which can lead to future complications. So post the surgery, the first thing that a patient needs to do is start range of motion exercises. Range of There are about six, seven range of motion exercises, which the patient must follow religiously for nearly a year. And also, in addition to that, there is a need to do exercises to prevent lymphedema from setting in. We can talk about lymphedema um, a little later, but these are two things that need to be done. Like I said earlier, post the exercise, um, post the, uh, I'm sorry, the post the surgery, post the treatment, the, it takes about a year. The patient actually comes back to as she was before everything happened. But the most important thing to remember for a patient is if she was not exercising before it happened, 
now she has to exercise because obesity is a fuel for cancer she has to keep herself extremely fit she has to follow the regime told to her by the physiotherapist um, at the hospital she has to ensure that the lymphedema doesn't set in because that's an associated side effect of the surgery so a walk of 45 minutes every day should become an become a habit um and and also very very important which i should mention is a lot of patients consider themselves to be a cancer patient post everything is over cancer happened cancer was dealt with you were a cancer patient you at the moment you're no longer a cancer patient so just don't keep dwelling into oh i have been a cancer patient yes i have been a cancer patient but today i am not i can do whatever keeping my restrictions in mind so an active lifestyle uh being mobile being uh, active i'm not saying that you have to run a marathon <laughs> what i'm saying is that do simple exercise like yoga uh make it a habit inculcate it into your daily activities because uh, again i'm going to emphasize if you don't lymphedema sets in in 90% of the women because they don't follow a exercise routine so keep yourself active and uh, uh, here i'm going to emphasize another thing uh, when a when mastectomy happens it is a removal of an organ which is not really that important it is an uh, organ that grows out of, out of your body so life can be lived normally without it you it does not in any way especially a mastectomy does not inhibit inhibit your ability to do any kind of exercise that's very important for all the women who been through surgery who been through the treatment or are undergoing treatment it's very important for them to know this we even emphasize that during chemo also they need to keep their arms active because if the arm is not active it's going to result into a frozen shoulder which is going to cause further issues for the patient right ma'am right so beautifully and well said because there was so much of information that i also did not know wow right ma'am um <laughs> also coming to a sub question of what this question was um when it comes to exercise we also need to take care of our diet so as the treatment is going on we we've spoken about the diet diet plan then but while the exercise you're going to be doing after the treatment how can you take care of your diet also after the treatment um nadia actually um my experience with the disease and my experience of working with the patients is that you can eat everything in moderation there is a myth that's floating around about sugar sugar does not cause cause cancer um and uh, we strongly advocated at tata memorial cancer hospital but sugar basically does is excess of sugar will give you diabetes and excess of sugar will cause uh, a weight gain which in any case has to be avoided for a cancer patient so otherwise a healthy diet it's important to have your proteins again i'm emphasizing because during chemo there's a lot of uh, muscle loss that happens so regaining that muscle um, back 
would need muscle needs a lot of protein so you need to inculcate protein protein in form of protein powder in form of eggs in form of uh, paneer in form of soya in form of um, uh, i would say dals because all indian uh, households um, have dals i mean it's a staple so have a katori of dal every day soya soya bean um, and uh, paneer is again a wonderful source of protein for the vegetarians so inculcate <clears throat> inculcate protein in your uh, in your daily uh, diet i also firmly believe from my experience and again experience at tata that a lot of people uh, have this myth that dairy causes cancer uh, there is a myth associated with it and uh, my i burst a lot of myths uh, dairy does not cause cancer please believe me because the dietitian that tmh tell the patient that during chemo they should have a big glass of milk with protein powder in it so uh, have your glass of milk if you can uh, you can uh, enjoy it if you can digest it you have to listen to your tummy very importantly so if you're not lactose intolerant please go enjoy your glass of milk cold coffee lassi uh, ice cream shake thanda doodh garam doodh haldi wala doodh in whichever form you can just go 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 eat everything but also remember um, when you get your fruits from outside uh, if you were not washing them properly before make it doubly sure because there are pesticides wash them well um, try and eat less of junk food because that will eventually cause weight weight gain eat less of junk food um, you know make a regime that eat it once in a week don't stay off it you get one life to live so uh, enjoy it as well but also remember your body is uh, the onus of keeping your body is in your hands so follow a healthy lifestyle eat well and exercise that is the way to uh, i can't say prevent the disease from coming back for the because um, for the first 5 years for any cancer patient is extremely crucial the disease comes back without any indications but it will help you fight the disease if it comes a healthy lifestyle so yeah that's my take on uh, how post the treatment you should be taking care of yourself in terms of diet wow great ma'am great um taking into consideration the trauma that a person would go through the ptsd a patient would have to suffer after the surgery after thinking of they go through a lot we all know that how would we address this situation how would we address it to the patient try to take care of them and help them manage it at the best okay uh, again this is a very very relevant question and um, I, uh, like i said i deal with a lot of patients who come from rural background it's only it's not only the rural who feel this way it's also the educated people there's a huge stigma attached to cancer and uh, it is believed that a cancer patient can pass on the cancer to the other patients you know um a lot of patients ask me they come up to me and they whisper in my ear cancer tooth ki bimari to nahi hai because their family ostracized them the, the patients are kept away from the others they're not allowed to play grandmoms are not allowed to play with their grandchildren young mothers are kept away from the children and i have personally seen them cry during the sessions i hold them i'm a cancer patient i've been a cancer patient a survivor i hold their hands and i give them my example that i work amongst cancer patients 
um, if it was transferable, I would have got it too. So that kind of helps them deal with one aspect of the trauma. Uh, it's a huge societal thing, Nadia. Uh, our society still lives in the medieval ways, uh, days, probably, where cancer was considered to be uh, a disease where the patient had to be kept away, locked up. Um, the patient didn't, uh, wouldn't meet people. So as it is going through the disease, is such a huge trauma for the patient. And when the patient is locked away, not allowed to meet people, the patient's clothes are washed separately, the food is given separately, PTSD sets in. So... Uh, like the other day, I was talking to one patient and she had suicidal thoughts because of what was happening around her. Again, the role of a counselor is so important for a cancer patient. Let me tell you, counseling is not alone for the patient. It has to be a collective uh, collective counseling of the patient because it takes certain patients uh, uh, require a lot of effort to come out of this trauma. And they slip deeper into it. If you find the, your patient, your loved one is going through something like a PTSD, uh, please reach out, tell your oncologist. The oncologist sometimes prescribes antidepressants and um, leads them to counselors like me. We do one-on-one -on -one counseling sessions and we do counseling with the, the entire family. If still that doesn't help, then psychiatric intervention is important. In addition to this, um, a one-on-one -on -one with the patient is very, very, very important for uh, the counselor. But unfortunately, that doesn't happen in India. Not all patients have, uh, you know, they can reach out to counselors, especially the ones from rural background. Um, they suffer alone. And at times, they're not able to express their sufferings. And because of which, there is extreme negativity. And the negativity sometimes, sometimes aggravates their health conditions. So PTSD in India is still not being dealt with as it should be. Uh, every patient should essentially go through uh, an entire prescribed module of counseling so that this PTSD doesn't set in. Every, um, every zilla, every district should have a counselor who, is, who talks to patients who are going through uh, the post-traumatic stress um, syndrome. Um, you know, Anganwaris, Balwaris should have women counselors who can converse in their local language, who can be the shoulder to uh, cry on sometimes. It's okay to cry. They need that outlet, which is not uh, there in our society at all. So uh, dealing with PTSD is still a huge challenge in our society. Ma'am, you have really broadly touched on the entire spectrum of things. Wow, that is that is a, that is still a challenge. I would say it is still huge a challenge. challenge. Huge challenge because I, uh, you know, I have interacted with women who, after I've counselled them for a couple of sessions at Tata, they go back, and after a year when they come for a follow-up, they're in extreme depression because the husband has kind of sidelined them. The uh, the mother-in-law doesn't accept her, doesn't allow her to cook. So that is, that is um, I get goosebumps when I think of it. So, I mean, uh, imagine a woman who was doing everything, who was the, um, the main, uh, you know, person managing the entire household, just because she had cancer, just because, which is, which is uh, you know, early detection is curable, means your cancer can be cured. 
she's been through the entire gamut but she's been treated like this so there is no support back in the villages which is very important so the i would say the national cancer board which is there in our country needs to take it up that every like every place uh, you know centrally maybe for five villages there should be one set up where the cancer patients can go and talk to and for women most importantly because they have other challenges as well right ma'am right we have to concentrate on that especially when talking about breast cancer we have to concentrate on that yes absolutely absolutely moving on to my next question ma'am um when we consider a holistic healthy lifestyle after the treatment during the treatment um, a person would be leading a certain lifestyle gone through cancer and then completely change their lifestyle right after the treatment and you know once they are taken out of it, the regime then it is up to them to you know make sure that they have taken these steps to to maintain themselves so what would you say a healthy lifestyle a holistic healthy lifestyle would compromise comprise yeah uh, holistic living is extremely important post the trauma that you go through it is very easy for you and me to say it because you know maybe i have experienced it so i relate a lot to it for people who haven't been through it they actually can't relate to the horror that your body goes through like i always say only the wearer knows where the shoe pinches so um, the pain is felt by the patient the others around the patient can just support so there are a couple of things the patient has to remember uh, first um, when i talk to patients i tell i tell them to not dwell dwell into this actually what i'm going to share um, in my opinion talks about um, the entire holistic approach to dealing with your disease and post the disease most important for every patient is do not dwell into why it happened you will never find answers for it now that it happened please um, concentrate on uh, dealing with now the present and the future because if you go back into the past you're not going to get any answers do not blame your karmas a lot of patients while i talk to them they tell me hamari karm to achhe the humne to kabhi kisi ko harm nahi kiya then why us cancer is not caused by karmas believe me i i am a very nice person my karmas are very good but i still got it so do not blame your karmas also for it uh, thirdly most important is that start believing in yourself let that positive energy flow through you you are um, the creation of god you've been given birth for a certain reason you have the power in you unleash the power you have to unleash that power to to uh, uh to first of all to control the disease and also to control the negative emotion that come inside of you because of the treatment and and at times because of the way the society treats you so these are three things that i i that i tell my patient also we at tata believe that the positive thoughts positive thinking can actually help keep the disease at bay this is a proven study so start believing that you can and you will so you have that the motto of all cancer patients i can i will so add to it i you add i can i will and i did 
and I always will. So you have to inculcate that and also uh, meditate. It helps calm your mind. Any, any form, you know, meditation doesn't essentially mean that you have to sit and recite mantras. For people who love to dance, that's one form of meditation. People who love to listen to music, that's another form of meditation. Uh, people who love to sketch, that is, you know, expression of your emotions inside. You have to let it out. So uh, inculcate any hobby uh, and that hobby can equate to a form of meditation. Believe in the higher power. When you believe in the higher power, then uh, the realization that why it happened to you will also set in. I believe why it happened to me because I am God's chosen one. That's my attitude. He chose me because I, he knows that I had the courage to fight the disease and to go out and make a difference to the lives of other people. So likewise, the woman who's been, uh, who's been through, cancer, uh, through cancer can help um, educate so many other women around her. And if she's been through the disease. So if she inculcates a, a thought like that, it will take her a long way that she is an inspiration to so many. Also, holistic approach would, uh, would mean um, not resigning to the fate, accepting what happened. Acceptance of what has happened to you will help you deal with the situation in a much, much better way. Look for abundance around you. There is abundance around you, abundance of love, abundance of beauty, abundance of blessings. Um, there are so many people who would be better than her and I. So many people. So, uh, I'm sorry, we are better than so many people, uh, you know, around us. So when you step into a, you know, in a facility like Tata, you see little babies suffering. So you tell yourself, oh my God, I mean, aren't I so much better? I have seen so much life. So um, start counting your blessings. This will help holistically to uh, uh, help you deal with the challenges that come your way. Another reality that every cancer patient must live with is this disease, the damn disease, like I say, has the ability to come back anytime, even after you are declared in remission. So you've got to be very, very careful about what happens to your body. For a cancer patient, this is a part of holistic healing, that you listen to the signals of your body. So I have, uh, I have, I don't go by the cliched notion of a holistic healing. I think for a cancer patient, holistic healing is slightly different from what it is for a non-cancer patient. So you've got to uh, devise ways to stay above it always. Stay, you have to stay above it. That's very, very important. And uh, uh, um, you, I mean, yoga, yoga is one form of holistic healing. Meditation is another. Uh, interacting with positive people is uh, a third form of holistic healing. Another way of uh, holistically healing is you keep negativity away. How? When people come and say, oh, we are so sorry you got cancer, tell them that I don't have to listen to this. I fought cancer. I am the brave one between the two of us. So keep negativity away. And uh, um, yeah, and, and uh, speak, express. Don't uh, keep cancer hidden inside of you. I think 90% people educated ones don't want to speak about the disease. 
there are very few who come out in the open and talk about what happened to them speak about it this will help you deal with situation and at some point the choice lies with you to come back to normalcy no one no one else but you can uh, get yourself back to normalcy your normal find that find your own normal and make the correct choice so that's my take on holistic uh, approach for a cancer patient so wonderfully put ma'am so wonderfully put um, the mind has everything to do with it you are the right attitude you know absolutely getting right there with the right attitude not a lot of us are able to get there initially but we are working towards it right the uh, the main uh, message yeah yes, the main message would be uh, you know it's all about choices a lot of i was just going to say to that me. yeah so uh, when a patient comes up to me i only tell them one thing see um, the disease happened now you either have the choice to sit in a corner and mope about it you still going to live cancer doesn't mean death not all pa- cancer patients die okay so if you survive the disease if you choose to sit in one corner and cry you will still live that n number of years that have been decided for you but if you choose to uh, live those n number of years happily your aura will spread, spread all around you so the choice lies in your hands you couldn't have said it any better so, ma'am like it's beautiful the way you're saying it too right coming to my last and final question ma'am recurrence you you addressed it before but i'm just asking you to what are the chances of recurrence in breast cancer um see uh statistics say that mm-hmm. women under 40 are generally diagnosed at stage 3 and stage 4 because of the unawareness uh, of you know uh, we lived in we lived in the we still live in the times when it is believed that a menopausal woman gets breast cancer uh, but now uh, i have seen uh, you know at tata young women unmarried women in their early 20s also getting diagnosed with breast cancer so if you get diagnosed at a later stage the chances of recurrence are high third and fourth stage so um again um you've got to be extremely careful if you've been at that moment post the treatment been declared cancer free but remember the first 5 years the chances of recurrence are extremely high so a woman who's been through cancer and declared cancer free especially breast cancer has to strictly abide by the doctors um, i would say dictate what the doctor says blindly follow it if the doctor says you need to come back in 6 months you need to without fail even if you feel absolutely on top of the world if uh, the doctor says that you need to follow uh, need to take a certain medicine there are certain hormone replacement uh, that are done for breast cancer patient please take those also um, to avoid recurrence it is very important to do a breast self examination i always emphasize a lot on breast self examination and i have personally had patients at tata in whom uh, recurrence within 6 months have, has happened and they've been able to detect the recurrence only because of breast self examination so there is an extreme need for every woman who's been through cancer and uh, 
especially who's been through cancer, to do a monthly breast self-examination. There are various links that are available, uh, which uh, you know uh, a woman can uh, um, can uh, reach out to and know the steps that are there uh, uh, to do a breast self examination. I can uh, broadly touch upon few, like for a physical uh, breast self examination. For a menopausal woman, it should be done at um, you know a fixed date. So, if a woman has attained menopause, she can pick on any one day in a month. Suppose she picks up. So, suppose she picks. Right, ma'am. You were saying. So, as I was saying, yeah, I was saying for breast self examination is extremely important. I'll broadly speak about when to do a breast self examination. Uh, a breast self examination helps catching a recurrence if it happens in time. So, uh, for. Um, woman who has attained menopause, she can fix any day of the month, suppose 10th of every month. It has to be done only once a, once a month, only for 15 days. And for a woman who's undergoing, who still menstruates, she has to um, do it on the fifth or the sixth day of the month because that time her breasts are the softest without any lumps. So on that day, she must conduct a breast self-examination, which is a 15-minute uh, examination. Physically, uh, what she needs to do is she needs to check her breasts for dimples, a dimple or a mole or... Um, uh, or, a, or a red patch uh, are indications of a could be of, of the cancer being there. If she can check the size of her breast, if there is a change in the size, if one of her breasts is getting bigger than the other, that is again an indication of breast uh, cancer. Uh, and also uh, she can press the nipple and check it for discharge. If there is a puscular discharge, if there's a yellow discharge or there's blood coming out, she must immediately revert to her oncologist. And um, to do it um, physically, there are ways, uh, there are options available on YouTube uh, that can be checked out. So um, you, uh, th this is one short, short way of uh, catching the tumor in time if it returns. Like I said, first five years are extremely important for a breast cancer patient. You have to continuously be on your toes, keep checking your body, uh, read out signals which are out of the ordinary. Suppose, um, you know, you've been declared uh, cancer-free post the treatment, the PET scan says there is no cancer. But after six months, you have a pain in your leg and the pain is not going away after basic treatment. It could be the cancer metastasis, uh, the metastasis of the cancer happening. So, uh, unfortunately, cancer never produces any symptom. So, please go run back, even if the doctor's called you within six months, please rush to him, report that symptom. It could be the cancer. So, you've just got to be very, very, very aware. Five years, um, then you are in remission. But also, please remember, being in remission doesn't mean that uh, you have, you can be off your guard. You can never be off your guard. Never till you are alive. So your antennas have to be always propped up, uh, listening to the signals of your body and following a certain protocol to keep the disease at bay. Another very important thing that I want to mention since you talk, uh, you're talking about recurrence, for women who have cancer in, this, in their family, 
um, cancer, especially breast cancer, it is proven that it can be genetic. So uh, suppose a woman gets breast cancer and, and her nanny had it and her mother had it and she has grown up daughters who are above 20 years of age, a genetic testing must be done. It's important that the patient can get the genetic test done. If it is genetic, then the chances of her daughters getting it is also very high. So preventive measures, you can't prevent the disease, you can't stop the disease from coming back. But regular checkups can help catch the disease in time. So these are a few things that you can do uh, to not uh, avoid recurrence, but if the recurrence happens, to catch it on time. You can't keep the recurrence away. You can't. Whatever said and done, you can't. It is impossible. No doctor can ever give you a guarantee or never write on your file that from today you are cancer-free and the cancer is never going to come. So these are certain ways a breast cancer survivor can uh, you know, um, be, be aware of the changes in the body and report if there is something out of the ordinary. Right. The most we can do is do what is in our control. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And a monthly breast self-examination is mandatory. I can talk from experience. I've got personally, um, in the last uh, year, I have three patients because of breast self-examination, their cancer has been quarantined. That's how important. And a, and a 2 mm, can you imagine a 2 mm uh, small um, um, lump was picked up? only because of a physical breast self-examination. So that's how important it is. Not only for the patients, also for all women. For me, it's a, it's a, it's a project very close to my heart. All women above the age of 20 must in, uh, do a monthly breast self-examination because be, uh, this uh, be, uh, breast cancer is on the rise. And in India, a lot of young women, young women below 50 are getting it. So a monthly breast self-examination can help in early detection. And for breast cancer, especially for breast cancer, early detection can help save your life. Wow, ma'am. So much of information passed on. So many queries answered. What an informative session. What It was such a nice pleasure talking to you, ma'am. Thank you so much for being with us here today, taking the time out from your schedule to be here, talk to us. I know this purpose is very close to your heart and you're so enthusiastic and energetic and it's been a beautiful session, ma'am. Thank you for giving this opportunity to me, Nadia, honestly, because um, like I said right in the beginning, for me, the more patients that I can, the more people I can reach out to, uh, the more awareness that we can raise together to keep cancer at bay. I think our purpose of life is solved. Together, we are stronger. Together. Yes, together we can and together we will. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, ma'am. It has been such a pleasure talking to you on behalf of zenonco.io and Love Heals Cancer. I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you and have a great day ahead. And much love to all of you. Much love to all of you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Same to you.